Good morning. As uh, Trev said, I wanted to add our welcome to you to the suggested worship service for the International Church of Prague. We are glad that all of you have tuned in. We're grateful for the encouragement and feedback from last week's attempt, and uh, we're uh, just honored to, to try to, to try to pull this off again. Really grateful for our amazing AV team and Alex and all of his crew here. Uh, we appreciate all this that uh, has gone into making this work, and we're glad again that, that each of you has, has joined us. As you may know, uh, Drew Stevens, our pastor, is in the U.S. Uh, seeing family and a new grandchild, and we wish them well and all the best. Uh, we miss them, of course, and look forward to their return in God's timing. Uh, we're already preparing for his absence, at least for a couple of more days, and uh, in that we had asked uh, Scott Mills to preach last week, and we have Rick, Rick Gasho lined up today. And again, we've changed the format a bit, so it'll be more of a discussion than a monologue preaching. So we look forward to hearing uh, insights from the Word through Rick. And uh, so, Rick, welcome. Glad you're here with us. I will uh, say a prayer and then uh, uh, turn it over to you. Um, you may have seen uh, across the Christian denominations in the UK, they're calling for a National Day of Prayer, so we're happy to join them in that as well. So uh, we just invite you to join us in prayer, and then we'll start our Bible discussion. Father, thank you so very much for the gift of this day. Um, we thank you for the opportunities that you have given us. Thank you for who you are and for your pursuit to be exalted among the nations. We love you and desire to exalt you in these moments together. So please uh, help us to be faithful with what you give us. Help us to exalt you in the things that we say and do. And pray that, that uh, hope will be declared, that you will encourage and bless and use our time together for the sake of your name, your exaltation among the nations. Thank you for Rick. Thank you for our AV team. Thank you for the many who are joined in. Father, we pray that needs will be met, that we will not be bound by fear or despair, but that we will have hope in these days and trust you and exalt you and love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So Rick, welcome. Thank you. We're glad to have you with us today. Or I'm glad to have you with me today. <laughs> that was creepy. <laughs> glad you're here. We look forward to hearing from you, from you this morning. Well, thank you. It's good to be here. And initially, <clears throat> excuse me, initially on my calendar, uh, we were going to be meeting um, in the, with the congregation at ICP. And instead, we're here at the Bridge Center. Um, but thank you, um, Alex and the team, for all that you've done to make this possible. Um, and so most of you are tuning in from, from your homes, probably from your living rooms or kitchen tables. And having um, a church or a worship experience, time studying the word, or a discussion over a cup of coffee around a table with scripture, that is a natural thing. Sure. Um, in church planting, that's something we've done for years, is to meet into people's homes and to have a time where we open the word and study the Bible together. So, Preston, thank you for joining me here at this table and that we have a, a space here for the rest of you to join us in this conversation as well. So we'd like to keep this as a conversation where you're invited to this table and we can open up the word together. Um, we'll be looking at Psalm 46 today about how God is our fortress. And I was thinking of you know, the different audiences that we have participating here at the table today. You know, if 
Psalm 46 is written literally as a song to be sung. Um, we just had our, our worship time. Thank you, Trevor. And um, Psalm 46 fits into that same spirit where we have um, the liturgy of a church service. We have, um, first of all, the people are represented by the choir that opens up in the first couple verses and in some refrains. And then we have the leader that comes through and also leads through an organized section of verses. Um, but it's all meant to be sung. It's all meant to be to music. And so I look forward to diving into this with you today. Absolutely. Um, and if you come from a musical background or a poet, this is something. <laughs> this would be something that for our musicians and our poets, a, a psalm that could really resonate because of its structure and its form. Or if you're a mathematician or an architect, um, this is something that has structure in number and um, unity. This could be a psalm for you. Um, or like, like all of us, in times of unknown, times where we need hope, this could be a psalm for you. Because it, this psalm speaks about hope. Or if we're wondering what tomorrow looks like or next month looks like, this is exactly the type of psalm that we need to go through. So let's dig in. All right, let's do it. Psalm 46. Uh, to the choir master of the songs of choral, according to Almuth, a song. And so this is a psalm not by David, um, but by another group of men that uh, put this together for liturgical worship in the church. I love, you know, I love the sons of Korah. I mean, not that I love them, but um, the story, of course, we have them in the, the wanderings of the children of Israel and their rebellion. You know, I see this and it, it reminds me, I think, these may be learned from the mistakes of their forebears and have come to a place of, of worship. So there's a, a tiny little note of redemption even in a, the Yeah, um, the sons, their fathers were swallowed up bad, by the earth. Yeah, bad guys, <laughs> rebels. Yeah. Um, about learning from our circumstances yeah. and even living in the hope um, of the next generation. Yeah. Um, so verse one through three were meant to be sung by leaders, by, by the choir, representing the people of the nation of Israel. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way. Though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, Though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. This first part of the psalm talks about, um, about hope in the midst of chaos in nature. Chaos in nature. Um, God being our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in time of trouble. A very present help. Um, what, what do we think that that means? I don't know. When I look at that, I think, um, I get that God is present. get that he's everywhere. 
and yet to see that it's more emphatic. He's very present in times of trouble. Um, I think when trouble comes, I, I probably will pr pray a little more desperately, but at the same time, I just, I'm grateful that he reminds us he is, because I, I guess our first impulse is to think God has abandoned me. Mm -hmm. Oh God, why has this happened? What is going on? I don't understand. And yet what he's saying is, I think I'm not only present, I'm very present. And what I have found in my life and the, the few difficulties I've had, just knowing that the Lord is near, it has a way of, it just he in his presence has a way of, of um, taking the bitterness out of bitter circumstances and, and adding sweetness to what's sweet. He's a, a very, a very present help <laughs> in time of trouble. It's just reassuring to me. So. Um, I'm, I'm familiar with the phrase, you know, wherever you are, be all, be all there. Yeah. And God being omnipotent, all powerful, um, but also omnipresent, mm -hmm. God being everywhere. God is present, but very present. Um, thank yeah. you for that. Yeah, that's good. Um, but when there's chaos in nature happening around us, um, I will not fear, though the earth gives way. I don't know if you've um, followed the news this morning, but in Croatia there were two earthquakes this morning. And um, we've actually, one of my colleagues checked in with our, our staff there in Croatia and um, happened early this morning. Yeah. The earth literally giving way. Uh, God is an, a very present help in time of trouble. Or through the mountains. When I, when I think of a mountain, I think of something that is, you know, I spent my high school years in Austria growing okay. up in the Alps. And just huge, big mammoth pieces of granite. Talk about solid and stable. Mm -hmm. um, this passage even talks about fortresses later on. Um, and when I think of a solid, stable thing, uh, I definitely think of mountains. Sure. Um, yeah. It seems like the, <clears throat> the ultimate immovable thing, and yet, I mean, even from Zagreb this morning, you know, the this earthquake in that part of Europe, um, even, even that is not immovable, and yet God is the, he's the ultimate immovable, right? The, the ultimate mountain, the ultimate refuge and, and, and strength, just like he says. Though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, you know, and I, I think the sea is something that um, in scripture they talk about as sort of the the unknown mammoth power, a lot of sea, a lot of storms, and when the seas rage, there's um, anything but stability. Yeah. Um, but if that mountain goes into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, wow, this is a a big, heavy chaos happening in nature. Yeah, huge. Um, but I'm, I'm reminded, verse 1 says, God is our refuge and strength. When all this is happening, when chaos is happening in nature. Um, the beauty of Psalm 46 is that being a song to be sung, 
Uh, we have this wonderful ver word at the end of verse 3, Selah. And Selah is used here as a musical term, um, as a rest or as a pause, um, a time of contemplation. So if we think about God as our refuge and our strength, an ever-present help in time of trouble, things around us in nature are moving. Um, take a pace, take a pause at peace and contemplate. Okay, exhale. God is our refuge and strength, even if all these things are happening in nature. There's even, I think, value in that, even in the, the routine or the rhythm of learning and pausing, you know, reflecting not only in the psalm, but, but in life. So what does it look like for you to say, you know, God's your refuge and strength in the midst of, of a rapidly changing situation? I don't see a lot of the, the panic around here that we read about in other parts of the world, but it's still, it's, um, it's a fluid situation. Things are changing, movement's restricted, we're having to adjust uh, not only the way we do church, the way we're doing our work. So how does that look for you in, in terms of uncertainty? And uh, you lead a fairly large team as well. So yeah. how does that look for you? You know, in, in dealing with understanding, comprehending the circumstances around us, there's many different levels. One of them is, you know, how do we do research? How do we listen to the news? Or do we get our information from social media? Um, how can we get an accurate picture of the context around us? And then how can I, as an individual, process that, comprehend that? But then also, how are the people around me processing and comprehending that? Um, my responsibility for my own thoughts and actions, but then for those within my home, yeah. uh, my wife and my children. How do we walk through that with our children? Um, and then outside of that in our work and the people that we have influence with? How can we help understand? Um, this last week on Wednesday, we had um, a day of prayer. Many of our people were fasting uh, for our day of prayer on Wednesday. And we had uh, a couple different time slots where we video conferenced in through Zoom and had times of prayer together from people all around the world. Um, and I found that to be absolutely nurturing and understanding that, okay, we are not in this alone. There are mm -hmm. other people praying the same prayers for the same type of things, but we're all doing this together. We're not alone in it. It's, um, as you say that, it, I've, I've struggled often with like cell phones and stuff, how it makes us present but absent, you know? Um, and yet here is the, the real beautiful side of that technology is that we can connect with people all over the world, pray with them, talk to them. Um, you know, even Drew, uh, pastors in the States, and yet he's still very involved with you know, ongoing leadership and ministry here. And um, it's amazing. We're very thankful for the, the technology that allows us to do that. Right. Yeah. We're in this together. Yeah, very much so. Um, the second stanza of this psalm, it's in three stanzas, um, talks about not chaos in nature, but it talks about chaos among the nations. Um, verse 6, the nations rage, the kingdoms totter. And 
Preston, I don't know your interpretation of what we've been seeing in the media around us. Um, it's very, it's very common to to blame one country blaming another, or one government leader making a choice and making a hard call, and how that affects all of the population. Mm -hmm. um, and opposition politics. I mean, in democracy, you have the different voices competing and. And, and it okay. can descend into chaos. If quickly. countries are having elections coming up, mm -hmm. um, all of a sudden it's more, more food. And not that even the opposition isn't a healthy thing. It's just it can descend from reasonable debate to personal attack and right. chaos, uproar. It's there. Yep. We see it. And fortunately, we've not seen uh, rioting or yeah. large-scale changes among countries. But that can only be a moment away. Mm -hmm. um, but God is the God in control of power and strength, even when nations are going through chaos, chaos like our times now. Um, but we see at the end of verse 6, when God utters his voice, the earth melts. Meaning that even though there's chaos in nature, even though there's chaos um, among the nations, God's voice absolutely um, changes those things. Hmm. Um, I purposely went to verse 6 first because verses 4 and 5 um, lead up to this chaos among the nations. Verse 4 says, There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. Uh, there's a lot here that we can impact, Preston. Sure. Um, first of all, the city of God in his holy habitation. Um, in the context here, what are we talking about? Well, I think he's talking about Jerusalem and the temple, uh, at least historically. You know, that was where their worship was focused in, in the Old Testament times. Um, we see, you know, Hebrews right talks about the city of God, something that we look forward to. So it's a, it's a picture of a future that awaits us. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, uh, so God's dwelling place. We carry that back to Eden, you know, where God created the place. They're cast out. Israel's cast out of its land. You know, you just see that, that pattern. But then there is a time when it says in Revelation that God uh, will dwell again with humanity, that there is a return to those conditions. So, right. Yeah, you know, that may be more answer than your question. No, <laughs> but I think it's it's all in the those. context of really what this psalm is saying to us. Yeah. Um, verse four: There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. Mm -hmm. Now, when I think about Jerusalem, last time I visited, there's not a river okay. in Jerusalem. I mean, many major cities around the world, in ancient world and in modern world, are built along rivers. Um, but it talks about a river being here uh, in Jerusalem as well. Um, what, what do we know about rivers uh, in Scripture? Where, where do we see some examples of rivers in Scripture? Oh, well, you know, as a moment ago there's in creation you know there's a river in in eden in the garden um there are rivers um you know other times mentioned 
Um, and there's the river of life that's mentioned in Revelation. I also think of uh, how Paul talks about uh, the grace of God when he says in first, I think it's in first Timothy when he describes his sort of his testimony, he says the grace of God was more than abundant. It's a, it's a word for abundant, but with the, the hyper prefix. So yep. basically it's, it was used of a river that overflowed its banks. So in, in his way, he, he described the grace of God like a river that, that hyper overflowed to him. And so it's a beautiful picture of, of the grace of God, of God's supply of, of what we need, I think. Yep, so. yep. Um, Genesis 2, um, verse 10, says, A river flowed out of Eden, it's the Garden of Eden, to water the garden. And there it divided and became four rivers. And it talks about how the first river went this way and the second river went that way. And in fact, out of the Garden of Eden flowed a river that was meant to, to send its blessings, send its water, send its life-sustaining sustenance um, to all of the lands in the whole region, the whole area. Uh, a beautiful picture of how um, a river flowing out of God's perfect creation um, can send its influence throughout the whole world. Um, mm -hmm. Preston, you mentioned Revelations. Um, Revelations chapter 22, um, right at the very beginning of the Bible with Eden and in the very last chapter of the Bible, um, Revelations 22, 1, the angel showed me um, the river of the water of life, brightest crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. So this, is the, this city is the new heaven and the new earth. Also on either side of the river, the tree of life, with its 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Again, in the future, this river of life will heal the nations. No longer will there be any accursed, anything accursed, but the throne of God and the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. Verse 5, the night will be no more. They will be need, there will, they will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. So the idea of, of a river that, um, whose streams make glad the city of God. Mm -hmm. um, I have the, the ESV Bible in front of me today, but as I was looking this week um, at my NIV study Bible, my old classic, <laughs> yeah. old, got one, uh, right? I got it when I was 15. Wow. Was there even print at that time? <laughs> Kidding, I'm older than you are. So. <laughs> um, but the NIV study Bible said that um, this river in Psalm 46 um, is along the same theme or is referring to the river in Psalm 36. Okay. And Psalm 36, verses 7 and 8. How precious is your steadfast love, O God! The children of mankind take refuge 
in the shadows of your wings. They feast on the abundance of your house, and you give them drink from the river of your delights. Drink from the river of God's delights. Um, my, I'm, my mind is almost, almost salivating. <laughs> what would it be like to drink from God's river of delights? Um, so the river here in verse 4, the river of God's delights, um, whose streams make glad the city of God. Um, so in the context of nations going into chaos, God gives a river, um, the holy inhabitants of the Most High. Um, verse 5 says, God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. You know, we were just talking about mountains being moved. Mm -hmm. um, and when morning dawns, um, perhaps that's dealing with um, soldiers or in the military um, in a time of war. Um, first thing in the morning, um, you go back out to battle. Um, God's there. And God gives his river even then. Um, well, but, even, in the, even if it's not a battle, if you're in the midst of uproar and chaos in nature or in nations, the new day brings a new set of problems. It may not be a military <laughs> context at all. It, it's, a, it's a feeding a family. It's looking for supplies in stores. It's, it's um, adjusting to a work environment, you know, on a, on a daily routine. Sure. For some, it's having... You know, we're just all together now, all the time. We, we are, aren't we? It's amazing. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's great for me. It's awesome. Um, Karen, not so much, but it's great for me. So. Um, when you talk about that, <clears throat> excuse me, um, I'm reminded of how God's mercies are new every morning. Mm. And the next phrase, great is thy faithfulness, O God. Mm. Wow. Um, so this Psalm 46 is a song to be sung. Um, the first three verses were led by the choir of the people. Um, and then the leader talked about these passages we were just going through. But then verse 7 is a time for the choir to come back in, the people. Um, the people come back in with resolute, um, established set in their minds. Um, Preston, could you read verse 7? It says, The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. The Lord of hosts is with us. Um, the God of Jacob is our stronghold. Um, when I see stronghold or fortress, I, I think of a mighty <laughs> a rock wall surrounding a castle um, or someplace that's safe and secure. Even though earlier the mountains were quaking, the God of Jacob, the God is our fortress. If the nations are raging, or if the nature is raging, um, the word Lord of hosts was something interesting to me as I was looking at Lord of hosts. Um, one place that I read hosts could be, you know, 
physical armies, human armies around the world. Um, or hosts could also be celestial bodies, like the sun, moon, and the stars. Um, but hosts could also be um, God's angels. Angel armies are always mm -hmm. by my side. Um, so the NIV, the NIV translates this, Lord Almighty, okay. which I picture encompasses human armies, the sun, moon, and stars, and all the angel armies. God supreme over all of the powers of the universe. Talk about God Almighty. That's the one who's with us, who is our, who is our strength, our refuge, and our fortress in these times. Yeah, that's good. And then this part about the God of Jacob. Um, what do we know about Jacob? Oh, Jacob, Jacob had his flaws. He was a deeply flawed individual and faced a lot of adversity in his life as well. So at least I find encouragement from, you know, reassurance from that, that, you know, he's the God of deeply flawed people, that my flaws don't prevent him from being my God, my refuge, and my strength. Um, so I, I take great encouragement from that and, and reading about the things that happened to Jacob as well. Some, sometimes he got a taste of his own medicine. And sometimes, you know, things he did came back on him. Um, and yet God was his refuge. And Jacob's God is my God. He's the same God. It's the same, same God, same faith. Despite our individual circumstances. Yes. It's interesting that all the way through Scripture, Many times he's called the, the God of Jacob. Mm -hmm. That personally gives me hope. Yeah, sure. Um, and then at the end of this verse 7, we have this wonderful word again, Selah. Um, take a pause. Take a breath. Reflect. If the God um, is a mighty fortress, even if there's chaos, in the earth or chaos in the nations. Um, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And being the choir or being the people that are singing this, they understand. They, they're resolute. They've already come to that conclusion. Um, wow, I need to rest in that. Um, and then this, this last section of of three verses, eight, nine, and 10. Um, under these circumstances then, how do we process this? Um, verse eight, come behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolation on the earth. In the context of armies, in the context of chaos going around, all around Israel, God has stopped the chaos. Um, verse 9, this is talking about this future heaven and the future earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. All that to say that he's making wars cease. All that chaos among the nations, it's going to stop. 
I don't know how many wars are going on right now, but I'm sure there are too many. <laughs> Around yet, the world. Yeah, God's ways, you know, I think are a great puzzle to us. He allows those things to continue, and yet, I mean, there's hope here. Certainty. He will stop it. One, there, there will be a day when he will come and the chariots go into the dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> you know, don't need those anymore. This, this is done. Yeah, that's, that's good. I've thought of chariots of fire both with the, with the song and um, Elijah mm-hmm. um, and Elisha and thinking of a chariot of fire as something really cool and really positive but in this sense it was a war machine mm-hmm. and God has taken away those war machines um, verse 8 says come behold the works of the Lord that means to reflect and look on the things that God has already done. And so it's not just this hope of the future, but it's looking at the past and seeing what God has already done, which gives us hope and strength for today. But I think verse 10 really um, puts a wonderful touch on this. Be still and know that I am God. In days like these last few days, weeks, and months we've been going through, Selah, being still, taking a pause, reflect. Be still and know that I am God. Preston, um, how does that look for you? Hmm, good question. (laughs) (laughs) On the Uh, spot here. Yeah, that's okay. you know, we hear a lot of talk, I think, about following your heart and listening to your heart. And I find more times in Scripture where we're told to speak to our heart. That is, we have to, we have to talk to ourselves to kind of bring ourselves into line with, with truth. And so I think especially here, it, for one thing, it, it's a way of preparing us for the long term. Just saying, uh, be still. Don't put your hope in an immediate solution. Just know I am God. Um, so for me, that to, uh, my translation, it says cease or cease striving, stop. Bob Newhart's get, stop it. <laughs> you know? um, just to, to stop you know, striving, agonizing against the will of God, striving you know, to fix a situation that at some point is of him, uh, to know that what do I need to know then? There's no solution. There's no quick fix. What I really need to know in this situation, I am God. Yeah. That's what I need. Or, you know, not I am, but you know, he, he is God. And that's what I need to know. That's what I need to tell myself, um, perhaps multiple times daily, he's God. Yeah. Um, you know, even if this technology doesn't work, even if restrictions increase and we're not able even to do this, uh, if we're totally confined to our houses, he's still God. Um, you know, you and I both have, uh, our children are uh, scattered around the world. Um, things happen in their lives. He's still God. Um, you know, my, my mom, 94, I mean, just very high risk if, if she were to get this. He's still God. You know, there's just all the, the scenarios that run through my mind of what could happen. 
think I have to come back to this and say, just say la. <laughs> just <laughs> stop. Take a breath. I'm God. He, he's, I think he is saying, I am God in all of these times. Where there's war going on, I'm still God. Right. They're going to stop one day. For now, they're continuing. I'm still God. Right. Shelves are empty or full. I'm still God. Uh, so if the shelves are full, I don't need to panic and go hoard things that I don't need um, because he's God. I can, I can trust him in these times. So it's, for me, it's, it's calming and reassuring and, and hope-giving. It's the, the river <laughs> that I drink <laughs> that from. That river. <laughs> yeah. Um, when I think of being still, I, I also have echoing in my mind the words of Jesus when he was in the boat on the Sea of mm. Galilee with the storm. Yeah. And the disciples wake him up. Come on, don't you understand this chaos, chaos of nature all around us? Yeah. We're going to die. Jesus just stands up and he says, peace, be still. And immediately the wind and the waves um, were, were calm. And the disciples just stood in awe. What, what kind of man is this, Jesus, that even the wind and the waves obey him? Well, he's the son of this God. Yeah. <laughs> the God of angel armies. The God who is in charge of nature and all nations. Um, and, and until he speaks that word to the nations and to nature, while it's still in uproar, he's saying it to us, be still. I'm yeah. the storm. <laughs> you know? Like the storm, the, the biggest storm isn't outside in nature of nations. It's, it's me. And as he's saying to me, chill. Right. Literally, it's what the Hebrew means, chill. <laughs> Phonetically even. <laughs> um, <clears throat> verse 10 has three parts here. Um, the second part I will be exalted among the nations. So even though nations were in chaos, the end result is God will be exalted among the nations. Um, the third part, I will be exalted in all the earth. Even though there was chaos in nature, God will be exalted in all of the earth. Um, both poetically and as a song, there's wonderful ways that this is building, coming back around and addressing the topic at hand. But even in the artistic style, it's really just pointing, God is our fortress. God is our refuge, our strength. And how even in times of chaos, um, chaos in our own hearts and minds and chaos around us, um, this is bringing glory to God that he can show his hand. Hmm. Um, and I think that leads us to many things um, as, we, as we process this and how we can apply things. Um, verse 11 is again the choir coming back. And it's identical words as verse 7. They're coming back with that re resolute um, knowledge in their mind. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. So the psalmist doesn't even leave us hanging here. The God says, okay, now that God is our fortress, the God of Jacob, um, 
let's take a pause again. Let's ponder this, reflect on this. And this whole third section is about our response um, to the chaos of the nations, the chaos of the earth, God being our refuge and strength. Um, the Lord of hosts is with us. The supreme ruler of all of the powers of the whole universe is with us. And this should naturally lead us back into worship. Mm -hmm. That awe, reverence, and reflection of God. And melt away, melting away the fear that, that we have, knowing that God's river will provide us delight, even un, among these circumstances. Um, Preston, what are some ways that we can take this home with us? What are some ways that we can apply this? Well, you know, as I, I hear you and, and look at this myself, and I come back to these commands like in verse 8 and verse 10, come behold the works of the Lord. Uh, you know, I'll be in verse 10, you know, be still and know I am, I am God. I'll be exalted in the nations and exalted in the earth. So for me, I think first it means regularly bringing my heart back to a place of of seeing everything as the work of God ultimately, uh, knowing that he is up to something in whatever happens. And so instead of asking and groaning over uh, misfortune, trying to say, God, what are you up to in this? What do I need to know, be, and do in this situation? Who do I need to help, serve? Is it my family? Who, you know, who am, where am I responsible? What do you want me to do? Um, rather than sort of trying to shift my thoughts and my heart Godward instead of just on me and on the effect on on me, and the command to be still to you know to to not agonize and worry, but to uh, I think of the psalm um, that talks where the the psalmist says you know my I've composed and quieted my soul my my soul is like a weaned child you know and, and with its mother. You know, a weaned child is with its mother because he wants to be, not because he's, you know, nourishing. He's he's just there, and so that that's the place of a composed heart. I, that's where I want to be is still and quiet, and whatever else is happening around me. You know, for me, I, I have to, I guess, do that constantly. You know, just remind myself of what is true and right, and you know, come back to the Lord. And I have to feed myself daily on the Word of God and and stay connected with people I need to because mm -hmm. uh, I can get shut up in my own little world and and uh, so I think we need we need the Word of God and we need community um, just staying in fellowship with the Lord and others I don't know yeah. what about you what does this look like for you how do you how do you nurture this hope <laughs> yeah um, I think one of the one of the things about hope is ho hope is like a virus it catches on and it okay. spreads Good. We like that one. <laughs> um, when, when in our intrinsically in our nature, when we have hope from God, it is visible and it's seen in our lives. It's visible and seen in our actions. And my my prayer is that people around us, neighbors, whether that's through the window or across the fence. Um, 
say, wow, there's something different. Why aren't you guys freaked out about this? I mean, I see you're planning. I see you're serious. I see you, you're prepared. Um, scripture tells us to always be prepared to give an answer for the hope that we have. Mm -hmm. And if God's going to be glorified and exalted among the nations, God does that with his own strength and power, which is mighty and awesome. At the same time, since the temple is no longer there in Jerusalem, we know that the temple of God is indwelling in the hearts of believers. And so God's temple is here. God's temple is here. Um, I want God to be exalted among the nations and among the earth. Um, my prayer is that we'll have opportunities to take the chaos of the moments around us, give glory to God, and let that be a testimony to other people. Always being prepared to give an answer for the hope that we have. So my hope is built on things just like Psalm 46. Sure, absolutely. As, you know, as you, you say that, and as we move toward closing, I'm, you've, you've hit it several times, as the Psalm says, how, how the Lord is with us. Um, the thought comes to me that all of this is possible. We can say He is with us because there was a day on a mountain when a man cried out to God, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That Jesus was forsaken that we might not be in these yeah. times. And so, you know, again, for me, it's coming back to all that God has to say to us, it is in Christ and what happened you know, on that day, who he is and what he has done for us. And that we have forgiveness and freedom, that we have the access to that river of delights, to the ability to be still and you know, to, to know who Jesus is, that death is conquered. Yep. You know, that one day he will burn the chariots and all of the war machines. And just as he has defeated death, he will defeat everything else. And so it gives me great hope times like this. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, well, thank you. You want to uh, I'll close, close us in prayer? prayer? Then I'll have a final word. Yeah. Lord our God, we thank you for the opportunity to spend some time in a discussion around your word. Lord, I do thank you that you are our mighty fortress. You are the hope among chaos in nature or the nations. But Lord, also our response to you uh, can be one that brings glory to you and exalts your name in all of the earth and among all the people. God, I pray that you would give us um, hope in our hearts, visible in our faces and in our lives. God, that we may find our strength, empowerment, and refreshment from your river flowing into our hearts. And Lord, leading from us as your temple, um, flowing into our neighborhoods, our communities, um, our online presences. God, that we can always be prepared to give an answer for the hope that we have in you. We praise you, Lord. Amen. Thanks a lot, Rick. It's been a blessing to share this time with you. Um, again, thank you all for joining us today. I hope this has been a blessing to you. Uh, as you know, the situation changes sometimes daily, so uh, do please stay tuned to the church website, and uh, we will plan to provide something uh, next week, so we'll just keep you informed about that. 
Um, also, you know, the possibility that uh, technology and things won't be available or honestly, it's just good for you to be connected with people around God's word. And so we have, uh, there's a slide that'll be up in a moment about just doing inductive Bible study in a group. Uh, so you could take a passage like Psalm 46, you could go back through it uh, with a couple of friends today. You can do that virtually if you don't feel comfortable gathering with a couple of other people. Uh, but it's a very simple process with simple questions just to drive you back into the word, to let the word answer uh, the questions that we have. This is not about delighting and airing our own opinions, but about just discovering uh, the truth of God, processing that together in community. Those are just very important for us to continue to nurture the hope that the Lord has given us. So there's a slide coming up that, that has just very simple questions um, as you study any passage of the Bible. If you have questions or things that just don't make sense to you, feel free to write to the church office um, and uh, we will try to help you in any way we can. Again, thank you all for joining us today and uh, stay tuned to the church's website. God bless you all. Okay.